This phrase, I have told you, and you do not believe me, remained in my head for some days. And I kept pondering. In the news, we still hear about people living on the borderlines. Some can experience it through difficult, challenging situations like in economics, mental health, insecurity, or many other uncertainties. It is just very serious. But right in the middle of these circumstances, there is good news. God, in Christ, who has been risen, is now with them. And we also hope that we too shall live. Today's reading presents us with another moment where the religious leaders are talking to Jesus in Jerusalem. And they are really in a tense situation. And it, this situation is even more difficult because they want to know and to come to a conclusion about the identity of this person called Jesus. Besides, many people were following this person. The, the religious leaders wanted to uh, capture him. Some said that he had a demon and he was crazy, while others saw that Jesus was doing justice. In the text, we also read how they ask Jesus, how long will you keep us in suspense if you are the Messiah Tell us plainly. Today, we faithfully declare that Jesus has risen. That conviction allows us to be part of the body of Christ. Today, we see through the eyes of faith. In doing so, we hope and trust in anticipation the promise of eternal life. Yet, that promise we are invited to reflect through our eyes and through our following to the one who's called the shepherd. The shepherd that hear our voices and we also know him. We ponder the relevance of trusted relations even under tense situations. The gospel speaks in a, in a specific context. It is winter when the festival of dedication is taking place. This is also called the festival of the light, lights or Hanukkah. Jesus walks into the temple, more specifically into the porch called the portico of Solomon. This portico is also known as the porch of justice. It was a place where the king uh, would make a judgment and to come to a resolution. Through discernment, the king demonstrated the virtue of being just. So, at this important place, at the portico, Jesus walks embodying justice. When the Jews gather around him, 
This question about their suspense reflects their dilemma regarding justice in their understanding of the Sabbath. They are really wanting to know how Jesus understands the Sabbath. It wasn't the first time that Jesus is confronted with this question. Chapter 5 accounts how the Jews' authorities started to persecute Jesus after he healed a paralyzed man on Sabbath, in Sabbath. In chapter 7, the authorities hesitate about the knowledge Jesus had to teach what he was teaching, even when he was never at school. And then Jesus responded them, saying that he was the Son of God, that his authority came from God. Then he also challenged them, saying, you circumcise your sons on Sabbath, and by doing that, you don't really break Moses' law. Later on, in chapter 9, Jesus heals a born, a born man blind on Sabbath. And it seems that this was the top of the things he could do. In all these examples, Jesus exposes the Jews' anger, a feeling that covers their inconsistency because they could not see the Sabbath link to God's initiative of love and care. The Jews were not able to see what Jesus was demonstrating. Their dilemma was just judgment, not faith. Although they saw what happened through the miracles, they became blind because they could not believe. Their blindness had to do with the way they interpret the Sabbath. For them, it was a day to be kept holy as the commandments. So, this day had to be really be unbreakable. In that way, people was left under this interpretation of being sinner or not. As they were not able to see what Jesus was showing, the solidarity and compassion, and how people was, and how Jesus was feeling the, the, the feelings of pain of people, they could not move from that interpretation. Jesus tried to demonstrate that healing in the Sabbath did not break Moses' law because healing was the restoration of, of people's physical, emotional, mental, and social aspects. Healing accomplished the holiness of the Sabbath as it opened to many to believe to Jesus, as it opened to many to come to community. The purpose of healing on the Sabbath was to refocus its meaning from judgment towards the deep compassion and to be open to faith. In his response to the Jews, Jesus pointed out to faith. You do not believe, he asserted, and reminded them that trust illuminates the understanding of Jesus' presence among them, and also 
illuminates the actions he was doing. Today, faith involves the embracing of Jesus' incarnation, the cross, and the resurrection in the sense of justice. To have faith is the conviction that, as Bonhoeffer places it well, in Jesus Christ we believe in the God who became human, was crucified and risen. In the becoming human, we recognize God's judgment on all flesh and in the resurrection, God's purpose for a new world. In his way to the cross, God in Christ moved towards rejected populations and communities, even crossing borders. In this movement towards the peripheries, Jesus showed compassion and solidarity, two important actions implied in the commandments. By, revealing people's from, by relieving people from their horrible situation and suffering, Jesus accomplished the commandments. On the cross, Jesus suffered the most horrifying experience, and he was killed. He was doing that to restore the relationship of the human beings with God in order to open the eyes of the minds and hearts, in order to see what it means to be in a relationship restored through love and justice. To look with the eyes of faith means to see the incarnated acting in the cross. Luther says it beautifully. For God's commandments are sweet. When we find that they are to be read not in books alone, but in the wounds of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The wounds of our Good Shepherd shows the power of solidarity. They open the eyes and hearts in, to interpret the Sabbath through the lenses of love. They reveal the relations grounded in responsibility and in care. Through the wounds of Christ, we are invited to assess our vulnerabilities. It is an invitation to honestly destigmatize what we believe we know well. It is an invitation to enter into the uncertain through the presence of different people we like or we don't like. It places us in a difficult and challenging situation, sometimes messing up with our own structures and placing us in continuous process of learning and, of course, also of believing. As communities of faith, we acknowledge the human broken condition that obscures God's image. And we acknowledge it not only among human beings, but all, also how this obscures our relations with the creation. At the time that Jesus' image and ministry was revealed, 
it leads to a beautiful personal restoration with God. But it implied also an ethical commitment to community service and to creation's care. God has set up, God did set up us free. God made us free to be disciples, to follow God, but also to be stewards in a world with, where still the antithesis of freedom continues gaining space. And it is also surprising how it is embraced with, by many people. We can do it holding hands. We can do it together, not separately. Communities can really be the witnesses and doers of God's actions in love. As Christ-centered communities, we understand that the promise of eternal life can be enjoyed not in the sense of status, in the sense of popularity or wealth. That is impossible. The promise of eternal life means coming from isolation to be welcomed and known as somebody who belong or as communities that belong to each other. It entails restoring our forces by being refreshed in new pastures. It is surviving when all around us is devastated. It helps us to break down all the things that are not allowing to see in care and love to the others. And perhaps we are tired also. Today, we experience a reality of change, rapid, fast changes. We are tired because we don't know when the many words will come to an end. We for, perhaps are also scared, but we should not be paralyzed. We should take the strength and willingness to share the bread. And perhaps it is not enough to sh when we share alone. Together we can do it differently. We can be we can be also trapped in fear when we see how unemployment or lack of social services are growing and growing as well as hunger. We fear given the devastating effects of climate change. And yet, in all the fears we walk through, we are holded and upholded by God. God keeps us in grace and love through Christ and also through the gifts of our creation. God still provides us with a good shepherd that touches not only our hearts and minds, but touches our entire human being. God in Christ continues empowering people to care and to make life a bit more sustainable. 
Yes, my brothers and sisters, God is working through, through challenging situations, through you and many, because you are gift to many. But this gift is nothing simple. As theologian Guevara says, we also learn through the hard path. It is a living awareness. This is, this is a faith grounded in knowledge that is coming from our daily experiences. That is not individual, it's communal. Our experiences together can express how we are the image of God and how we follow the one we rec recognize the voice. God is giving us the knowledge, but also touching our hearts to feel the pain of others. And God is strengthening our faith and echoing the promise in Revelations that says, they will not hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them, for Christ is guiding them to springs of waters of life and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This beautiful affirmation is not only for the future. It has been already opened up by Christ and we can enjoy it as an advice of what is coming. Jesus' affirmation, the Father and I, are one is true, and we are inspired by it to keep believing. Keep believing, dear congregation. Amen.